This is Cocktails Distilled, a podcast that takes your favorite spirits and liqueurs from the still to the cocktail glass. In each episode, we talk to distillers and creators about particular expressions that their brand have released, what they are, why they were created, and in what cocktails they can be used. Are you ready to understand what's in your glass, or perhaps should be? Welcome to Cocktails Distilled. While you might think of the effect of moonlight as being subtle, it is now believed that its rays penetrate the soil and affect plant life from germination to harvest. With the release of its limited edition Lunar Gin, Hendrix Gin believes this same effect can be seen in the gin that you drink. To understand this better, we talk to Hendrix Gin Master Distiller Leslie Gracie about moonlight botanicals, floral gins and celestial contemplation. Thank you for joining us, Leslie. Not a problem. Delighted to be here. Now, what is it that you most enjoy about creating gin? It's just the ability to be able to take all of the different plants and flowers that there are and try them together. And there are no rules for, for making gin, apart from the fact we've got to have, obviously, the King Juniper in there. But there are no rules as to what else you can or can't use, as long as it's not poisonous, of course. It does affect the consumer figures. But you can look at different plants, different parts of the plant, and see how the aromas and the flavours come together from those and work as a whole base underneath the gin to allow the juniper to shine through, but all of the other flavours working with each other to give us something totally different every time you do a a different type of gin. So it's a fascinating area to work in. You know, the limited rules, which mean you can basically do anything you want, which is good. If you can do anything, Mm -hmm. what is it that specifically inspires your creations? It's always plants. I'm a a great plant lover and my family are all great plant lovers as well. So all through my childhood, plants played a a great sort of role in my life. And the difference between the plants and the aromas of the plants has always fascinated me. And if you smell something, it always takes me back to a particular time or a particular person or a memory. And it's it's sort of building in those memories as well of different things that it's just an amazing place to work that you can do that. You can, you know, think of something, smell something, and you're immediately back at a particular place in time or with a particular person. That just fascinates me. Uh, I can remember being very small, about four or five years old, when I was out with my family one time and we were in a park and there was a huge pond and it was covered in water lilies, they were all in flower. There was just a gentle breeze blowing across the water and I can still smell those water lilies to this day. And it smell just has that sort of amazing power about it that it could just remind you of so many things. And that's what I really like about gin is that you can try and build those memories into, into drinks. With that in mind, why was it important to create the Lunar Gin? The Lunar Gin, I was sitting in my garden at home and I'm very lucky in that my back garden overlooks just fields and hills all around it. So I've got no light pollution. 
And I was sitting in the garden one evening, probably with a, a gin and tonic in my hand, just sitting as the sun was starting to go down, the moon was coming up, and I was sitting next to one of my big flower beds. And as the sort of sight, your you sort of reliance on sight, sight starts to drop, you become more reliant on hearing and also on your sense of smell. And as I was sitting next to those plants, I, I realised that I could suddenly smell them much more than I could when I was sitting there during the day. And the smell was different as well. And it was that changeover from, you know, seeing sight being the important thing. And suddenly smell was so important. And all of the different plants, they smelt so different at night. And it was that kind of, wow, look at the change in these at night time that I really wanted to get into a gin. And which is why we, we've gone with the Luna, is that it's got that the sort of the deep floral notes, but you also get like a, a deep, warm, sort of comfortable spice type aroma coming off the plants as well. And it's that that I've tried to, to build into this liquid. It's just that feel like the comfortable sitting in the garden, no pressure. It's that kind of feel that I wanted to get into this gin. So it's not so much that it plants that particularly flower at night. It's just the difference in smell that everyday plants have at that time, is it? There are plants in it that do have a particular night scent, yes. So there are elements of that in it as well. Um, But it's just... You know, the changeover, obviously, the volatility of the essential oils and things like that will change slightly. But it's just that evening aroma of special evening plants that come through. And I see it as well with the two greenhouses that I have here, that you can walk into them during the day. And if you walk into them at night, there is a subtle difference in the aroma that you pick up. And it's it's a much deeper much warmer sort of aroma to it. And that was just an amazing sort of, wow, what a feeling. And that's what, you know, I tried to capture. So, yes, there are flowers that are night scented, but it's the overall totality of the aroma that uh, is sort of given by the, the night sort of feeling. A lot of your gins have quite a mystical edge to their themes. Is that intentional? I think it's that right from the start, Hendrik has always been really different to everybody else. And we've always continued along that kind of path that it's different. And it's just different to what other people are doing. Spoken about the fact that it's quite a floral gin... Yeah. What, to your mind, makes floral gins more interesting? You've got a whole range of different aromas in flowers and plants, and it's how they come together. You know, you can take two plants that smell totally different, but built into the essential oils from those plants, there may be similarities. So if you put the two together, it can highlight certain elements and it's that highlighting of different things all coming together that just give you something different. 
that you can smell something and think, oh, yes, that is very, you know, whatever plant like. But there's something else in there as well. And it's the way that these things combine with each other that makes them so, so special. And I'm a great plant lover, as I said, and just the, you know, the differences between them, even the same type of plant, the the flowers all smell different. And it's trying to pull those differences together to give something that is different, but yet really alluring that I strive for. Hendrix's last release, Midsummer Solstice, that was also a deeply floral gin. How would you describe the difference between Luna and Midsummer? Midsummer was a bright floral gin. The the occasions of that you would drink the the Midsummer would be totally different to how you would drink the Luna. The Midsummer is bright and really sort of almost got like a party feel to it, whereas the Luna because it's got the sort of more depth and complexity to it. It's more of a, a sort of comfortable type gin, you know, one that you would sit in a group of friends calmly, a really nice evening, probably in the garden. Whereas Midsummer had much more of a, almost like a party atmosphere to it. So although we've got flowers, obviously, in both of them, they are both different and both give a much different feel to them to me. Talk about Luna bringing out the the aromas of flowers at night. How appropriate is gin for celestial contemplation? I think it's a, an interesting sort of area to get into. That the sitting underneath the the night sky, I find really therapeutic, and I really like it. As I say, I'm very lucky. I can see the moon and all the stars as well. And I just love sitting there and just contemplating that, you know, here we are, this tiny being in amongst all of these stars. And it's just a different feel to it somehow, that it's just that sort of warm feeling. And, you know, just the contemplation of the moon, I think, is amazing as you see it, you know, as it moves through the sky every night and it changes and changes. I'm just fascinated by it. Absolutely fascinated. Is Luna a gin that you could drink during the day just as well as at night? Oh, I think so. Yes. Yes, I think so. It's it's you know, warm, floral. And yes, you could drink it during the day. There's lots of different ways to drink it. Personally, I would drink it just as a gin and tonic, but there are so many different cocktails that our fantastic brand ambassadors have made with Luna. I have to say at this point, I don't make cocktails. I'm more than happy to do the quality control on the ones that they've done for me, but uh, I don't particularly make cocktails. I like a gin that you can pour, put tonic in it and just drink it. And so for me, the class of a gin is how well it sits with tonic. That's not to say that some of the cocktails that the brand ambassadors have made are absolutely amazing. But as I say, I don't make cocktails. I just drink them when given them. So, But the, the things that they've come up with are just amazing. And for the, the Luna, the, 
the Moonlight Book where they, they add in lemon. So you get that citrus element coming through and then the warm from ginger ale with it as well. It just sits really well. So it makes a nice long drink, but still gives you that warm, comfortable me- feeling with it as well. What other flavours do you think work really well with that gin? You you mentioned lemon and ginger. Lemon and ginger, yeah. That's one of the bars in over here. I've come up with a a Yorkshire punch with with the Luna gin, which is is quite funny. I think they've they've put tea in it, elderflower, which I love. I love elderflower cordial. Again, we're back to the flowers. They put some sort of berry liqueur and apple and rhubarb juice, but again, lemon juice and ginger beer. And it makes an amazing flavour, but the gin really shines through it as well because you've got the the tea, which, you know, when you look at some of the ingredients that are in the house Hendrix, the, the original house style of Hendrix, one of the ingredients when it's when you smell it dry, it's got a very sort of tea aroma to it. We've got elderflower in in the Hendrix recipe, so there's all sorts of tie-ins between the recipe for Hendrix and this particular um, punch, and it's a really nice drink. So there's it's all complementing everything that we've got in Hendrix in any case. So it's good. It's good. Can you talk us through the significance of some of the botanicals that you've used in the Luna? For the actual extra ingredients that we've added into Hendrix, we really like to talk about it as appreciating it as a whole, much as you would if somebody gave you a bouquet of flowers, you would appreciate it as the whole entity and not pick out the individual things. And we like to talk about our gins that way, that appreciate the whole thing you know if if you say to somebody you know oh I've given you this bouquet and it's got these flowers in and you think I don't like those flowers therefore I don't like the bouquet it it kind of defeats it you know just appreciate as the whole aroma from from that you know bouquet of flowers that you've been given and that's what we like to think about for our Hendrix variants as well is just look at them as a whole and try not to sort of think, oh, it's got that in it, it's got that in it. Just appreciate the combination of everything coming together. You know, sitting on the, the Hendrix house style obviously still shines through. But just how the, the difference with the different ingredients have changed it slightly. Rather than looking at individual bits, just look at the thing as a, a whole entity. How would you describe the whole entity then in the case of Luna? to someone who may not have tried it yet? In the case of Luma, I would say that obviously it's Hendrix House style, but we've got accentuation in the warm, spicy character and the deep floral character. And that highlights it and just adds that extra warmth to the to the whole flavour. But you've still obviously got the juniper standing out nice and bright. But the juniper and spice work really well together because of the natural ingredients that are in both of those two types of elements. And then we've got flowers in Hendrix and that sings alongside the extra flowers that were put in into Luna. So it's just the whole thing is just accentuated with the warm spice and the, and the deep floral. Now, I believe you have quite an impressive hothouse 
in Scotland. I certainly have, yes. Yes, I have indeed. How important is the hothouse been to the development of your experiments? Very important. When in 2018, when we our original gin palace was too small, we were needing um, extra distillation capacity, and it was decided that we would build a new gin palace. And was asked, "What did I want?" And I immediately asked for greenhouses so that I could grow things for innovation, basically. And we've got one of the greenhouses which is set to the Mediterranean climate. So I've got lots of citrus type elements in there. So I've got lots of different citrus plants, lots of different types of oranges and lemons and limes and all sorts of things. The idea being that I can take the fruit from the greenhouse, fetch it up to my lab here and dry the peel, do an extraction and a distillation and just see what the oil from that particular type of, say, orange or lemon is and compare that to others. And if we really like that particular one, then I can potentially source that particular one commercially. I don't have enough space in my greenhouses to, to grow it on the scale that I would need to be able to use it in a Hendrix, but it gives us that absolute definition of that's what I want. So from the innovation point of view, the greenhouses are amazing. The other greenhouse is set to a tropical in environment. Following my trip to southwest Venezuela in 2013, looking at different botanicals and different plants and things. And we've got the tropical one set to the rainforest climate as it would, was in Venezuela. And I've got amazing things in there. And the year before last, I've got banana plants in there and I managed to get three full hands of bananas growing on the trees. Now, these must be the first oh, ever bananas that grew in the southwest of Scotland ever. And they were amazing. Oh, that's excellent. Yes, yes, yes. They were lovely. Um, they didn't make it to distillation, I'm afraid. <laughs> we ate them because they were so good. <laughs> they were lovely so but I've got all sorts of things in there I've got peppers different types of climbing plant hibiscus all sorts of things growing in there I've got cacao coffee all sorts so again great space for innovation and around the whole distillery I've got a big walled garden as well so I've got things growing in the garden that I can fetch in and do experimentation on as well so the new gym palace in terms of innovation is a fantastic space. You know, I've got typical sort of UK environment, Mediterranean and rainforest environment. So I've got nothing holding me up in terms of innovation at all. How do you choose what plants to bring into each of those environments? Fetch them in based on, obviously, Mediterranean is very good for the citrus plants and most gins and certainly Hendrix we have citrus peels in our Hendrix recipe so citrus is, is a really interesting group of plants that you can get so much diversity from them we've got things like Buddha's hand growing in there as well an amazing aroma and that fits really well with other 
sort of types of plants. You know, it fits well with sort of deep, warm spice as well. So it's understanding how they all sit together that, you know, gives us the, the innovation side. And so we put different things in just to try them. The tropical side, there's plants in there that we saw when we was in Venezuela, you know, the different types of things that were, were growing there. So we've planted a lot of those in there and, you know, we're taking the different, we've got all sorts of peppers and things, taking those and doing distillations and, you know, flowers as well. I've got hibiscus and things. So it's just looking at how different we can make things when we start to combine them. It's always the combination that is the magic in, in making a gin, really. Do you think we'll be seeing more of the tropical elements, so the hibiscus and banana even that you mentioned earlier, coming through in variations in future? There's nothing to stop it at all. I mean, we're always experimenting and sitting in front of my cabinet of curiosities in the laboratory at the moment, and there are all sorts of things in there that I've made distilled and so it's, yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say that anything couldn't end up in a, a Hendrix gin, to be quite honest. We're just permanently experimenting and seeing how things fit together. I've got a great job, right? It's good fun. So, you sound like you do very much. Yes, yes, it is good. It is good. Great fun. Coming back to the lunar... Is it aimed towards connoisseurs or is it a gin that beginner gin drinkers can also enjoy? Oh, I think anybody can enjoy it. Yes, yes. It's just, I mean, a nicely rounded, good, flavoursome gin um, that anybody could enjoy. I mean, I know there are, I mean, I meet people when I'm talking to them, they say, you know, oh, I don't like gin. And, that, you know, it's, You've just not found the right one yet. You know, it's not anything that gin I don't like put across next to it. It's just finding the right one. So, yeah, I think anybody could enjoy this gin. It's got lots of depth in there, lots of character. Works well as a simple gin and tonic. And it also works well in lots and lots of different cocktails. So it works well for everybody. So I don't see it as being just a connoisseur. I think anybody can enjoy it, definitely. What has the reaction to the Lunar Gin been so far? It's been very good. It's been very good. Yes, people, everybody that I know that has tried it really likes it, which is is always good. It's good to know that people like what you're doing. So I've not heard anybody say that they don't like it. And it's certainly, you know, the volumes are picking up and, and everything. Obviously, COVID hasn't helped anybody's cause over the last year or so, but uh, but it's doing really well. We're, we're really happy with it. What do you want people to take away from the experience of drinking the Lunar Gin? I just want them to have enjoyed it and to sit and think, yes, I enjoyed that gin, and to remember it, you know, when they think back in, you know, a few years' time, think, 
yeah, I remember that. I was sitting there drinking that Luna to remember it as the experience from which, you know, the experience that created it really. Just, you know, remember it and enjoy it. Now, if someone were to buy a bottle, Mm -hmm. um, how would you want them to first experience it? For me, I would simply do a gin and tonic. Just simple, try it, you know, as you would, you know, one part of gin, three parts of tonic, and just enjoy it and just allow the flavours to come through and just, you know, taste it and of sort of understand what's in there and just appreciate the the flavours and everything coming through. Just enjoy it for what it is. Now, the Luna has been created as a limited edition. Yes. Why, why is that? Why haven't you put this gin as part of an ongoing range with Hendrix? We have this sort of idea where we'll do a gin for a limited amount of time, take it off and replace it with another one. And we like the idea of doing that, that we're sort of rolling on with different liquids all the time rather than, you know, sticking to lots of them. Take one out, do a new one. Take that one out after a limited amount of time and do another one. That's that's how Hendrix likes to do it. That's what we do. Are you able to give us any hints on what will be rolling out next? Not really, no. They'll shoot me if I tell you that, I'm afraid. So right. Either that either that or they'll cut off my chocolate supply, which which is not good. Definitely not good. Now, obviously, if people want more information on the Lunar Gin uh-huh. or any of your other Hendrix creations, they can go to the website, yes. which is www.hendrixgin.com or connect with the brand on social, yes. uh, which is Hendrix Gin across Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram. Uh-huh. I believe so. (laughs) Look, thank you very much for taking the time to join us to talk about the Lunar. Absolutely not a problem. Absolutely not a problem. I hope you enjoy it. And when you are sipping it this evening, what will you be contemplating? Um, I'm just looking forward to being able to get all of my family back together again (laughs) and I'm looking forward to that and uh, I think that's what I miss the most and because you know I've got so many memories built into the Luna that I think that's what I'm missing and hopefully that's what I'll be contemplating. Excellent look thank you again for your time. Absolutely not a problem. And we'd also like to thank you for listening. Be sure to visit cocktailsdistill.com to access the show notes. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to subscribe, rate, or give a review on iTunes. Until next time, cheers.